Good morning, everybody, or good early afternoon, wherever you are at in the world. Uh, this is Trevor Hall of Mining Stock Daily with our first intraday market update and commentary this Monday morning intraday trading. Gold's having a nice day, nice green day up about, uh, well, let's see here. It was, it's up about half a percentage or seven and a half dollars, a futures basis to 1809. It was trading close to eight, $1,820 before it kind of came back down. Silver, on the other hand, is just having a day up over 3% or 60 cents on a futures basis. The miners per the GDX, GDX is having a green day, but relatively flat for the, J, for the day, GDXJ, about the same, up to about just 1% or 45 cents to 53.48. We talked about it a lot last week about a lot of these, uh, just kind of straight out of the gate moon shoots that a lot of these junior explorer co's had last week. And to give us some commentary this week is our good friend from Day Hardeen's Capital Markets, Mr. Bruno Kaiser. Bruno, welcome back to Mining Stock Daily. How are we finding you today? I am doing very well. Thank you, Trevor. And uh, hello and uh, good day to all your listeners. Uh, so we got a number of things to talk about. I want to talk to you about all this price activity and pricing and evaluation over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I want to talk to you about a number of these deals, not specific deals, but just kind of the context of these deals. Millions and millions of dollars coming into some of these Explorer codes that haven't even ever put a drill in the ground. Uh, and just having a having a great time uh, with their share price. Um, but since uh, you and I haven't talked since this new junior gold bull market has kind of commenced, uh, let's get your overall thoughts here. Yeah, you know it's it's funny because I, I recall our last conversation we specifically spoke about the um, the unknown juniors or the the you know the the, the underplayed juniors and microcaps. Um, and we uh, we had the, the point of discussion that the rally had not yet seen it uh, move into them, and uh, when it does, that that'll be an indication that it's um, you know that the bull market or the attention has really grabbed the uh, the greed side of the greed and fear scale, uh, which is always an interesting thing to see because it becomes quite extreme in precious metals um, going from one to the other. So yes, uh, in the past couple of months, we have seen that, uh, where it started out very much being a rally for the larger producers, um, and the financing is being done for companies that have advanced stage development projects. Um, you know, we saw way back in the spring, we saw, uh, Silvercrest do financing. We saw marathon gold, um, the, uh, Orla mining, et cetera. We just not too long ago closed the $25 million. Um, so that type of financing has morphed into uh, roll the dice uh, and let's see if something works out with this. And um, and they're, they're being quite successful now, obviously up to highs from we haven't seen since 2011. And that carries with it a lot of optimism. And, and I think I always try to keep a balanced perspective, which is that when things get too dire and, and people are, are crying in their beers, it's I would remind them that we have happy times in the sector and rapidly and and aggressively, and sure enough, that's happened. Um, and at this point in time, while it may certainly continue for a while, um, you you have to take the temperature a bit and and see that when everybody is talking about nineteen hundred and two thousand dollar gold, you should expect that it wouldn't be unreasonable for a little bit of a retracement and a base building. But medium to long term, I'd say, how can you not be bullish? Still, mm -hmm. it's just you know, it rarely goes straight up. 
Well, and we we kind of chatted about it last week. I mean, the 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 price of gold moved up basically on the back of the dollar moving down. Today, the dollar's having another big red day down to about 96.33 on the DXY, while gold, again, is still in the green. But Bruno, that 50-day moving average is down to about $1,750 on the uh, futures basis. I mean, that would be quite the retracement, but do you think that would still be a, a healthy move? A retracement back to 1750 I wouldn't blink at that that's not that big a deal I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if we got into the 1600s oh wow okay uh, but I still don't I wouldn't view that as any sort of a flip to a bear market in gold I'd just view that as if you would if it was gold was a stock I'd call that profit taking sure absolutely well like I said uh, before, Mike, I like a little bit of humility because we have had quite the run the last two weeks, uh, which leads me to the next question I had for you. And it's some of the, it's kind of pertains to valuation, Bruno. Uh, you know, we kind of laugh and we we chuckle when we see a company like Tesla reaching seventeen hundred dollars or plus today uh, gapped up. Uh, and people shake their heads. But how about, can, can you still be bearish on a company like Tesla and some of these tech stocks and still be bullish with some of the moves we've seen with some of these juniors the last couple of weeks? Um, I, I think, you know, even though they're for different reasons specifically, they, they, they do sing off the same sort of <laughs> style of choir sheet, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, and and you're absolutely right. You can't be critical of uh, Tesla, which, by the way, as everyone likes to compare, what their market, Tesla's market value is greater than. If I'm not mistaken, it's greater than the entire Canadian financial services industry, which is all the banks and all the insurance companies. Um, so that's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's either a great statement for Tesla, or really embarrassing how small our financial services industry is. But uh, the the uh, the, the point of it is is that there is an irrational exuberance in the market, to quote uh, the guy who started all of this irrational exuberance, uh, Alan Greenspan. And and uh, we, we're, we're, to a de- we're seeing it in the overall market, uh, you know, if you look at the NASDAQ and Tesla and that type of thing. And there's been an encouragement to take risk, uh, perhaps through the Fed put or whatever it is, there's been an encouragement to take risk. And that... Um, has I think created the caution um, that has helped the gold price rise, but that that happy feeling in the market equally boils down then into the junior golds because the gold price rises, um, and then there's a feeling of bulletproof sort of investing that goes on and and roll the dice with with pick a symbol on an investing type of thing and that's that's what we're seeing i think right now hence why i would be a little tempered um you're right it's it's the same sort of story about uh, it's criticizing overall market valuations and you know keep in mind what we've seen before suppose suppose you're critical of the overall market and hence why you're bullish on gold when we saw you know the crash in the spring in march uh, gold stocks and gold got hammered too. It's just that not it didn't get hit as hard and it bounced back first. Mm-hmm. And so if there's some sort of a larger retracement in the market at large because there are no fundamentals to back things up and the economy is not V-shaped recovering, etc., don't be surprised if the market gets hit and then it, it in the short term takes its impact on the precious metal sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move over and talk about some of the financings, not specific financings obviously, but just kind of the overall thought 
Um, give us a sense. I mean, you're obviously in those rooms putting together some of those deals. How has the deal making changed in 2020 to once we were, say, even late 2019, Bruno? Oh, well, it's entirely different. First of all, it's I'm not sure there was a late 2019. It was just a big black spot for a year and change. Uh, it's like the it's like a, a a tear in the space time continuum. Um, right now, I'd say good good stocks and 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 good prospects run by good people um, are getting the attention of not just the mainline resource investing institutions. And I'm putting retail aside here for a I'm talking about how mm-hmm. you know Desjardins, Desjardins tends to deal almost exclusively in uh, in institutional investments. Um, the the family offices and some generalists are coming into the fray now, uh, where they were completely uh, out of the picture uh, before, other than maybe investing in the Barrick type Barrick Agnicos of the world. Um, so the difference now is that. Uh, investors are, first of all, foremost to management and do an evaluation of management, and then they go to the properties or, or mines in question and do, I'd say, fairly deep due diligence and, and drill down on on the evaluation of things versus before it was simply a, we're, we're not there, we're not interested, so you could have had, uh, you know, um, superstar management and superstar projects, it would have been hard to finance. Mm-hmm. So it's really a binary. It's on-off versus where we were before. But where we're seeing the, some of the some of these junior moonshot financings, as you say, I think that they are far more retail-oriented um, or uh, some high net worth, worth individuals. Very few uh, institutions, as far as I can tell, are participating in a lot of them. Has this transition from a buyer's market to a seller's market when it comes to these financings and how much leeway uh, does a group like Desjardins come in and, and get to set the terms and negotiations uh, with these companies? Um, it is still, I'd say it's fairly normalized in that sense, because if you've got a quality company, you're going to be finding quality institutions and the quality institutions aren't chasing. Mm. So, so it's very much, there's still a, there's still a supply demand tension involved in pricing. Um, and if stocks start to gap upwards, then we see institutions backing away from them. Now I'm, I'm truly, I'm, um, you know some of the transactions like we've we've been involved in and and some of the uh never seen a drill hole who who is this management team it's playing closeology type stories you know those are those are different um i think those are very much a seller's market um and saying here's the price you know come and come, come and get it but you're not you're not finding quality institutions investing in those okay Oh, what a difference a couple months makes. I mean, even a couple of weeks, Bruno, because uh, I mean, last time you and I talked, things were looking good. But, boy, in the last two weeks, I mean, even mid of June, just things just started moving so quickly. And uh, this is a conversation I've been looking to have with you for some time because it's, it's, yeah. it's been wonder. I've been wondering how your workflow has changed and how quickly it had to change because of all this. The financing workflow has rapidly changed. Um, the M&A workflow is very much challenged by COVID because M&A, 
um, still is, I think, a face-to-face business, and it involves travel for doing due diligence and getting to mine sites or property property visits, uh, that type of thing. Um, it very much involves, you know, if you've got executive teams combining and some people leaving from from within, uh, that it usually involves a face-to-face meeting. You're not doing that type of thing over Zoom and Skype and and such. So they're way more challenging. Um, and if they weren't already, I'd say most of the deals that have been done in 2020 w- were decently baked before uh, before the pandemic hit. But financings is a different story because that can all be done virtually um, or done more easily virtually. And uh, and there's a there's an for it. Just from an observation from what I've seen from these financings, and maybe you can confirm or deny this, but uh, we I don't necessarily see a lot of these major mining corporations come, come in on these financings at all. I mean, do you think that will happen later in this market, or is there reason to be concerned about that now, or are they just kind of playing behind the scenes here? Uh, no, I'd say you're, first of all, it's a, that's an accurate observation. Uh, we haven't seen it either. Um, what is the rationale for that? That is a good question. I think part of it is strategic in terms of how companies are focusing on, um, very, it seemed to me that there was a a period when, um, you know, the juniors were completely flat on their backs where you would have support financings and things to keep things going. But now the corporations are the, you know, the larger companies are looking and thinking, well, there's a market now for juniors. Uh, we don't need to be the market of last resort as we were. And and we'll look at them from an M and A perspective, or we'll follow them along. But we don't need to be their banker anymore. That's my sense of things. It's oh, an interesting perspective. And I don't know that it's necess- I don't know that it's necessarily a negative statement. It's just a statement of, um, you know, a year ago, um, companies were looking and saying, well, great if we take say a nineteen point nine percent interest in something. <laughs> who's going to provide the other 80%. Mm-hmm. Um, that has sort of been solved for now. Um, so they don't even feel the need to do the 19.9. And uh, and they can just watch things uh, from the sideline. Uh, Bruno, thanks a lot, my friend. Uh, it's glad to have you back. You're the first interview we do this week. And so I think we're kicking things off the right way. And uh, obviously, Precious Metals, uh, continue to have a good day. We'll see how that plays throughout the week. But we always appreciate your time and and uh, insight here on Mining Stock Daily. Well, thank you very much, Trevor. You have uh, absolutely the best quality um, best quality media source in the precious metals world. So, oh, thanks, my friend. I happy to, that's, happy to uh, participate. That's very humbling. I am very grateful for that. So thank you so much. No worries. All, right, that, All the best. That is Bruno Kaiser. He's a frequent guest here on Mining Stock Daily. We look forward to catching up with him. Uh, later this summer and into the fall, see how these things play out. We'll be back later today with corporate updates from Brixton Metals and Visla Resources, so stay tuned.